spiritual gifts. And today is all about the gift of encouragement, um, which was up there and will pop up. Um, and that's pretty awesome because who doesn't need encouragement, right? Whether things are tough and challenging right now or whether things are going great, you can always do with some encouragement. And encouragement helps us to be even more than we thought we could be. And when it's God-filled, faith-filled, spirit-filled encouragement, then it helps us to become who God plans for us to be. So the reading that we had from Ephesians um, by Morgan um, is such an encouraging passage. So I just wanted you to hear that and to soak that in this morning because it talks about our position as believers in Jesus, um, the inheritance that God has for us that's guaranteed by the Holy Spirit when we believe in Jesus. I think it's one of the most encouraging passages maybe in the whole Bible. So I just wanted us to hear that and, and soak it in. But let's look at encouragement We're going to break it down in a minute, but what I hope that we're going to learn this morning is that the gift of encouragement, obviously it's made for giving away, right? But when you give away encouragement, what we're going to learn is that it's a gift that will keep on giving. You'll get it back. And that the closer you get to the heart when you encourage someone, um, the more effective it will be. So we'll hopefully learn those two things. Now, the gift of encouragement, or just encouragement in general, is actually something that we should all be doing. We should all be using that. And even if it's not maybe your spiritual gift, um, it's important anyway, and every Christian should be encouraging and is told to encourage others. So even if you think that encouragement is not your spiritual gift, hopefully there will be something um, this morning for you that will be useful. So how about if encouragement is your gift. How would you know? Well, I think you're probably going to be excited about encouraging others. I think you will um, have a heart and mind that sees into the heart of other people and that God will help you to just understand exactly what encouragement they might need from God right now. And as with all of the gifts, when you use and grow your gift of encouragement, you'll be using it with God for God and to see what God will do in that. So it's always good to know what we mean when we um, start out. So I've got some definitions of encouragement. The first one's from the dictionary. And so encouragement means to inspire with courage, spirit, hope or confidence to spur on. It's what we generally know encouragement to be, right? The next definition is the definition of encouragement as a spiritual gift. It means to come alongside of someone with words of encouragement, comfort, consolation, and counsel. Here's the difference. To help them be all who God wants them to be. Now note that encouragement can either be inspiring to um, be doing something better and higher, but sometimes actually encouragement can also be challenging us as well. And um, I just want us to stop here just for a second. I want you to think of someone who has really encouraged you, maybe encouraged you in your Christian life, encouraged you to to be all who God wants you to be. I'm not going to ask you to share that with anyone, but just think, try and think of a specific person, maybe even a specific time when someone has really encouraged you in your faith and in who you are. Think about that encouragement, and can you pinpoint what it was exactly they encouraged you in um, as a person or what they encouraged you to do. 
Now just hold on to that because I'm going to come back to it at the end. But there's one more definition that's going to pop up here, and that's the definition of encourage or encouragement in the original Greek, which is paraklesis or parakaleo. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it means calling to one side to encourage, to strengthen. Um, it's a wider definition is a call or urging done by someone that is close beside, which I, I really love. Now, the reason that I wanted you to see that Greek word is because the name that Jesus, one of the names that Jesus gave to the Holy Spirit is parakletos, which comes from the same root word. And um, that's translated as in our Bibles as helper, advocate, like a legal assistant, comforter, counsellor, encourager. So the Holy Spirit is our ultimate encourager. He's one who is close beside us because he actually dwells within us. And when someone is using the gift of encouragement, or God is using any one of us to encourage someone else in their faith, then the Holy Spirit is at work in that. So I wanted you to see that word. Let's get a bit practical now. I want us to look at the process of encouragement. And I call this what goes around comes around, okay? And we've got a giant lowercase e there up on the screen. And that's going to help us picture... Um, how encouragement works. The letter E is a letter that goes around and comes around. For those of you on the podcast, it's a lowercase e, so it goes across, comes around, and then has the tail that goes out, right? Um, So before we get into that process, I want to share with you some of what I've learnt about encouragement from the book of 1 Thessalonians. So if you've got your Bibles, either in a book or a device, turn there now. If you've got... um, a Bible with pages, I don't know, it's always tricky to find there in the, in the middle of the New Testament because it's such a, such a tiny book. So get, jump there now. Um, and it's an amazing little five-chapter book tucked away, which is it's another letter in the New Testament. And this one is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy to a baby church that they had planted in Thessalonica, which is in modern-day Greece. And there's lots to learn in this letter about what it's going to be like when Jesus comes back, which is really cool. Um, but I discovered that it contains a process for spiritual encouragement. Now, the story of this church actually begins in Acts chapter 17. You don't need to turn there, but when Paul was traveling around on one of his missionary journeys, sharing the gospel and planting churches, they came to Thessalonica. And I want to just read you the little backstory of this church before we get to Thessalonians. It's in chapter 17. Um, It says, Paul and Silas then travelled through a couple of towns and came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service, and for three Sabbaths, so three weeks in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. So some of the Jews listened and were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. But some of the Jews were jealous, so they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas so they could drag them out to the crowd. Well, from that point, things really went from bad to worse in Thessalonica. Um, Paul and Silas managed to get away, so in the dead of night, they escaped from Thessalonica, left this baby church that was, had only heard of Jesus three weeks ago. 
and um, carried on with their missionary trip. So we learn from the book of 1 Thessalonians that Paul was really concerned for this baby church. He would be, wouldn't he, leaving them like that. So he sent his co-worker Timothy to go and visit them and to give them strength and to encourage them because they were still suffering quite a lot. They were under persecution um, because of their faith in Jesus. And then after a while, Timothy came back and um, reported back to Paul all that he had seen and done there. And then Paul wrote this letter, 1 Thessalonians, after that to encourage them to keep going. Now, the whole letter of 1 Thessalonians could kind of be summarized by Paul saying, don't give up, you're doing great in your faith. Um, look out for each other as a church family, and don't forget that Jesus is coming back one day. So let's um, turn to 1 Thessalonians now and take a look about what this letter contains. Well, in chapter 1, um, Paul begins by reminding them who they are. In verse 3, he says, um, as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. So he really speaks to who they are. And then he reminds them about when he was there, telling them about Jesus, how he first encouraged them. Um, so that is in 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 11 to 12. He said, And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live lives in a way that God would consider worthy, for he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. And then he encourages them some more. He reminds them about how they had been separated by the riots, and that Paul was so concerned that he sent Timothy to them to see how they were doing. Um, let's read that in chapter 3. I'm going to read 2 to 5. He says, And we sent Timothy to visit you. He's our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we're destined for such troubles. Even when we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come. And they did, as you well know. That's why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and our work had been useless. You can really hear how much Paul cared about them. So he reminds them about how he had encouraged them. Then secondly, the second part of this encouragement process, Paul talks about when Timothy came back and the effects of his report when he came back. That's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 to 9. He says, But now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. So Timothy was able to report back to Paul that the faith of the Thessalonian church was strong, they loved one another, they were growing and progressing, and that they valued and missed Paul and his team. So taking 
the news back to Paul not only reassured him that they were doing well, but it actually encouraged Paul and gave him great joy as well. So the third part of this encouragement process um, that I saw was um, Paul then says, now that they're doing well, the next step is that they need to go and encourage one another. And the reason that he gives for this is always around the fact that Jesus is coming back. In 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 18, he says, So encourage each other with these words. Now, the words that Paul had just been writing about in his letter was describing about when Jesus returns, that there's going to be this trumpet sound, the dead are going to rise that know Jesus, and then those of us that are believers when Jesus returns will join him as well, and then we will all be with Jesus one day forever. So, um, and so the end of verse 17 says, then we will be with the Lord forever, and then verse 18, so encourage one another with these words. So church, no matter how bad it gets, Down here, no matter how messy the world is, we are going to be with Jesus one day forever. Encourage each other with that. But there's more from Paul here. Uh, Chapter 5, verses 10 and 11 says, Christ died for us so that whether we're dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. And then again in verse 14, he says, Brothers and sisters, encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. And I love how the message version puts verses 14 and 15. It says, Gently encourage the stragglers. Reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs, and be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. So my kind of summary of Paul's letter about encouragement is he has said that we, meaning Paul and Timothy, we have encouraged you, Thessalonians. So that's kind of like the horizontal bit of the E, right? But then he says, actually, when we heard how great you were doing, you encouraged us. It's like the curve of the E coming back over. And then he says, go encourage others. It's like the tail of the E going out. So that's, that's your little reminder with the E. Um, what goes around comes around and then share that out to others. So this book of Thessalonians has kind of made me realise that encouragement can be the same for us. When I encourage someone else, well, obviously they get encouraged, right? But when someone else is encouraged, I get encouraged back. I feel encouraged by their progress. And when that happens, we're both spurred on to encourage others. Let me give you um, a couple of examples of this. Um, Not this year, but for the previous three years, I've had the real privilege of being an academic mentor for um, a couple of the interns at Word of Life that are doing Pathways Study. And that means that I have had the job of encouraging them in their study by catching up with them to see how it's going. And then when they would have an assignment, they would send me a draft and I would kind of check the spelling and grammar, make sure they'd done their referencing, check that they had um, covered everything in the assignment, that kind of thing. And I realised pretty early on the first year that I did this that the spelling and grammar, well, kind of hopefully that was helpful to them, but... What was more important, actually, was encouraging these young women. 
Some of them found the study easy, and they just needed some encouragement to dig a little bit deeper and see how it applied to them. Some of them really struggled with the writing and getting their ideas down for the assignments, and they needed encouragement that they could do it, and they all could. So encouraging them about what they were learning, that they were capable, and um, just that I believed in them, I think, was really important. The thing is, while I was encouraging them, I could see the difference in them over the year. And each year I would go to the graduations, and it was such an encouragement to see the progress that each one had made in the individual way. Not necessarily just in their studies, but in their life, and in their confidence, and also in their faith. And then it's been cool for me to see and keep in touch with some of them um, about what, what they've gone on to do, how they're encouraging others, how they're going on in their faith, how they're inputting into others' lives, and some of them um, still working in ministry. So I encouraged them, but they encouraged me, and now they've gone on to encourage others. Here's another example. Um, how many of you were here three weeks ago when we had four baptisms here at church? Lots of you. Hey, well, maybe you were like me, and you probably thought that you were turning up to support uh, these men in their, um, in their decision to be baptised. We were here to support them and to cheer them on, right? Well, who ended up being encouraged? Well, I know I did, and some of you did too, right? Uh, it was us that was blessed by hearing what God had been doing in their lives and how their faith had grown and that they had made that decision. And it was um, just such a wonderful service seeing those four baptisms that day. It was so awesome. And because it was so awesome, I felt really encouraged when I saw other people that hadn't been there that morning or, or um, reflecting with some that were just to say, man, wasn't that such a great morning? And hearing about what God had been doing, what a great witness each of those guys was in their faith. I came to encourage them, but it turns out that they encouraged me. And I just wanted to encourage others about how impacting their faith um, is. So cool how that process of encouragement works, right? Okay, so if we know the process of encouragement, how can we make our encouragement effective? Well, I think effective encouragement targets the heart. We've got another slide coming up. We've got a heart in the middle of our E up there. When encouragement targets the heart, that's when God can use it the most. So let's get super practical now. And I can see three levels of encouragement that we might use. So the, um, I guess the, the lowest level of encouragement is when we make an encouragement based on appearance. We do this all the time, like, oh, I like the shirt you're wearing today. Your hair looks great, whatever. It's something about something that we can just see. It might be, oh, that was a good thing that I just saw you do. But it, it's nice, but it's not very impacting. A level B encouragement is more around behaviour. It's getting closer to the heart. It's about encouragement about something that someone does or how they're doing it. For example, you helped that person in a good way just now. It's kind of getting a little bit closer to the heart. But level C encouragement is the impacting one. It's around character or something that they are causing to happen. So character encouragement is around who the person is and what's inside of them. For example, you were really kind just then. Or 
what they're causing to happen, um, about the outcome of their actions. For example, um, what you did just then really made that person feel included. And we see um, Paul did that at the beginning of the book of Thessalonians when he talked about the Thessalonians' faithful work, their loving deeds, their enduring hope because they had the Lord Jesus. So um, we can see if you draw an E backwards, you, you come to the, to the heart of the E in the middle there. So that's the little reminder. You know, it's really easy for a type A encouragement to pop out of our mouths. But my challenge would be for you to practice the ABCs of encouragement. And if you um, catch yourself doing an A-type encouragement or commenting on something that you see, then let that be a reminder and a challenge to you to add something deeper. What do you see in the person's character here? What is it? Um, how are their actions positively impacting you or someone around them? Now, you probably know some people in our church that are encouragers or you think have the gift of encouragement. I'm pretty sure we often find them um, standing at the door as we come into church or behind the Connect desk or talking to, to new people. One couple that I think share the gift of encouragement here in our church family are Graham and Julie Rickard. Um, they're not here today, but they do know that I'm going to share a couple of stories um, about them. And Graham and Julie, they have really beautiful hearts for people, and in particular, they're really passionate about healthy marriages. And earlier this year, um, they were greeting people at the door as we were coming into church, and um, when we arrived, Julie gave me a big hug, and she said something to me like, it is so great to have you here today, Tina. And Julie had no idea just how much I needed to hear that on that particular day. It might have kind of sounded just like an A-level um, encouragement, but because of how I was feeling and my circumstances that day, it was just the encouragement that my heart needed from somebody that knew me. And actually, Graham and Julie have been encouraging people here for years and years. One instance that really sticks in my mind is probably from around six or seven years ago. It was a time uh, where Simon and I were pretty busy parenting um, primary and intermediate age kids, and um, there was one Sunday where one of our kids had a sporting thing at an awkward time and needed dropping off, so uh, we decided Simon would take um, that kid to their sporting thing, and I would bring the other two here to church, so we did that. And it just so happened that it was one of those Sundays where things were a bit different here at CBC. The seats were kind of rowed up down the side facing the middle, and there was a table or, or something in the middle. So I turned up, I was able to get here on time with two of the kids, and we sat on one side, kind of, was kind of in the middle of a row. And by the time Simon got there, it was a bit later, and um, we were kind of blocked in our row, and he just kind of snuck in the back on, on the other side. And that was fine. And I don't know whether Graham remembers this, but he'd obviously seen that we'd arrived separately and sat um, on opposite sides. And after church, Graham came up and had a chat with Simon, and um, he went straight for the heart, and he said, is everything okay with you and Tina? I don't know. I kind of wonder, was I looking a bit grumpy that day as well? Maybe I was. <laughs> um, Simon was obviously quickly able to explain what had been going on that morning and the whole sport scenario thing, and they probably had a bit of a laugh about that. But Graham's small question and observation really stuck with me as such an encouragement, and I still remember it all those years later. 
Because not only did he see something a little out of the ordinary, he cared about what that might mean, and he took the time to find out. And the encouraging thing was that he went straight for the heart. He didn't just say to Simon, oh, I noticed you guys were sitting separately this morning. He, um, he went for the bit that he was worried about and asked if we were okay in our relationship and in our marriage because that's what he really cared about and was passionate about. So just so the rest of you don't worry, um, we mostly turn up in two, sometimes three cars. I think our record probably has been four for our family, but that's just... Um, uh, shows uh, the stage that our family is in at the moment and how many drivers we have. But if Simon and I are sitting on opposite sides of church, I know that someone has got our back, which is really cool. So if Graham and Julie were here today, what I would want to say to them is that it always, A, it always is really nice to see them at the door greeting us as we come in. But B, more than that, it's awesome to see them... um, welcoming people into our church family and being a really friendly first introduction to our morning here at church on Sundays. But see, what I would really want them to know is that God really uses their gift of encouragement as they connect and communicate with people because they have a a real gift of really seeing people's hearts. And um, I think they really care about people and they use the other gifts of wisdom and discernment to reassure us, to spur us on, to keep going, and to work on our relationships. They've done that for me, and I know they probably have done that for many of you as well, in much bigger ways than what I've just described. I really hope that they often get the joy and the blessing of seeing how their words um, impact us and help to grow us and strengthen us in our faith. And um, if they were here, I would want them to know that sometimes they'll never know just what a small comment or a small question might mean for someone and stick with them for years. I love that they encourage as a team. Those guys really rock, don't they? So what do we do with all this? We've looked at the process of encouragement. We've looked at how to make it effective. So what what do we do with this? There's a symbol going to pop up. The Nike symbol, what does that mean? Just do it, that's right. If encouragement is your gift as a church family, we, we desperately need you. Is encouragement your gift? Just do it. Um, Romans 12.8, it's going to come up. It says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. It's that simple, it's that simple. Um, If encouragement is not your gift, or if you're not sure if it's your gift, well, just do it anyway. (laughs) Um, God can still use you when you make a choice to encourage others, and we're all called to encourage. You can pop up the start of the next slide. Um, This next verse was written to the whole church in Thessalonica, not just to those that had the gift of encouragement. It says, so encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Okay, so just do it. Some more thoughts on encouragement that I'm just going to finish with um, about how we can take our encouragement to the next level. Okay. We, oh, it's gone funny on the screen, but that's okay. You can make your encouragement personal. 
Real encouragement connects with the other person and who they are as an individual. It's not just something you see on the surface. So that's what I was talking about with targeting the heart. Make your encouragement personal. Make your encouragement perceptive. Encouragement can provide someone with a perspective about themselves that they may not see in themselves. What's a positive thing that they need to hear about themselves that they may not even realise until you tell them? can make your encouragement purposeful. Does your encouragement today have a purpose for a specific area in someone's life that God is growing or challenging them in? You can make your encouragement powerful. Encouragement really is powerful, and and it's even more powerful when we're reliant on God's power fueling it and working in and through what we say. Which brings me to the next one, make your encouragement prayerful. Because in prayer, we tap into God's power, his purpose, his perspective, his plan, and his personal love for others. Let God work through your words as you ask him to show you what to say to somebody else. And finally, make your encouragement practiced. Just do it. Don't give up. Look for new opportunities in many different people for different reasons, and then just do it again. Probably like me, there'll be some stuff-ups along the way. You'll say something discouraging at times when you wish you were encouraging. Just a couple of days ago, someone in my house said to me, I really don't like it when you try and encourage me like that, so clearly I've still got some work to do. (laughs) But just do it. Practice it anyway. So with encouragement, um, the main things that I hope you'll remember is that what goes around comes around. So when you encourage, you will also be blessed and then others will get encouraged as well. And to make it um, impacting, target the heart. And these six Ps, well, you can only see five on the screen, but anyway, six Ps are a bonus if you want to think about taking your encouragement to the next level. As we finish uh, the service after communion in a little while, I wonder who around you could do with encouragement this morning. I'll give you a hint. Anyone and everyone. There might also be someone really specific that you could encourage today that nobody else could because you know um, you can speak straight to their heart today in a way that nobody else can. And you know them and what a difference... um, they make to you or to those around them. So what you say to them today may help them be all that God wants them to be. Also, remember that person you thought of at the beginning that encouraged you? Well, if they're still around in your life, maybe today is the day that you can talk to them or flick them a message or a text and tell them how encouraging they have been to you. Encourage them with the impact that they have had on your life and the way that they have spoken into your character or spurred you on in who you are. Don't forget to tell them how, um, how their encouragement has influenced you. I love to just pray for us now as, um, as we finish. Lord God, thank you that you encourage us in so many ways, Lord God. Thank you that, as Ephesians 1 tells us, Lord, that you didn't leave us alone in our mistakes and brokenness, but you sought us out for a relationship with you through Jesus. You chose us to be in your family, and you've blessed us with spiritual blessings. 
Lord, thank you for the encouragement that your word brings to us, how it encourages us and challenges us and spurs us on in knowing you and our faith. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our encourager, who is with us always. And Lord, thank you for those that you have placed among us who are encouragers. Lord God, would you encourage them to use their gift? Would you empower them? Um, Because we need these people, Lord. Encourage them this morning um, to use their gifts and just to be super encouragers of us in our faith and our walk with you, Lord God. We need them. Thank you for the encouragers. In Jesus' name, amen.